dumb fun. It's been a crazy week. The podcast is getting more popular. Yes, we have three more listeners. So we have three more listeners. And I think I got, and I don't even know how this is possible, but Twitter told me I had, we had one and a half more followers. That's amazing. It is more. It is amazing. That's amazing. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it's like someone who's not verified, if that mm. counts as a half. I've been verified twice. Have you? I've not. No, I've never been. How were you unverified? Well, apparently you're not allowed to suggest that some of our reality never happens. Which, which, which of the, you, you, there's a lot of major events in history that you say never happened. Okay. So the problem is right. That when in periods of my life, I have tried to disconnect and I think everybody should, I think everybody should, you know, turn your phone off, turn it on silent. I apparently have missed major world events. You're doing air quotes for the listener. I was, I missed, you know, and then when I was told them later, I said, that didn't happen. Otherwise I would have heard about it. Right. And then I, I took to the internet to ask and say, are you sure that two planes crashed into the world towers? Yeah, I know at that time you were... You were in, you were I on was the- living in a cave. You're living in a cave trying to start up Heaven's Gate. You, you caught it. Yeah, I got a lot of emails about this at the time. Heaven's Gate part two. Yes. Yeah, so obviously in Heaven's Gate, not everybody um, stayed on this earth plane. A lot of people were beamed up into the sky, right? Yeah, um, all but as, you. As was T and Doe's uh, advice to all of us, like that would happen. You know, <laughs> I missed it. Mm-hmm. I had to shoot that day. So I couldn't be there, you know? Yeah. So I had to yeah. do some other stuff. I had to be on um, the telly. I don't know yeah. if you guys, what Americans, were... you might know it as television. What were you on? You were doing like an MTV diary? I was on MTV's Made. <laughs> okay. Yeah, what were they making you? Oh, yes. It was so instead of instead of a teenager asking, asking to be an actress, which I thought, that's what I thought was going to happen. I thought that I was going on there to teach a lucky thespian how to be an actress and instead they took me to Gordon Ramsay's kitchen and they they made him yell at me until I could sear scallops oh but but you can sear scallops now no I cried the the whole instruction because that man yells a lot yeah but I can now I'm I'm now registered to vote in Flavortown oh okay that's nice I guess that's sort of a dual citizenship deal he has with um, yeah, I, Twitter refuses to verify me. I know that. They keep saying that they need my birth certificate. They keep insisting that my birth certificate is not real. They don't actually need that. Uh, that's what that's what I've said, and that's what my lawyers have told them. Uh, mm-hmm. As you know, I have one of the wolves that used to live with me to act, act as a lawyer for in many of my legal matters. Oh, I was going to ask about legal fees, but it's it seems that those legal Look, fees are a couple of pellets. A T-bone, a T-bone steak, yeah. you know, that I steal from the butcher I throw in there. And uh, are you so you're not living with the wolves right now? Not right now, no, not right now. I'm on the road. I'm on the road right now. Here, let's let's get it here. Let's start the podcast and then we'll get into it. Uh, we're still on Amazon Prime, so I can play the theme song. No, we're on Disney Plus. Whoa, whoa! We got acquired by the big, the big D. It's us and Juan Division, a show that I requested an audition for and was explicitly said, "Who are you?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which do you know which role you were auditioning for? I was auditioning for one of the village people, not and, the people and it- in the band. <laughs> but one of the people that lived in the little town. But you were, I, it was a construction worker, as I remember. 
yes and they they said who are you and I said uh. oh, please I, I want to be somebody that lifts up a heavy piece of wood and says hi Wanda nice <laughs> to see you again today so you wanted them to create a role for you <laughs> wait that's not in the script yeah I'm confused not. because it's I did an entire monologue okay I'm on Disney plus I'm gonna play the theme song we'll start the show here we go Welcome back to Fanny Falls, the podcast. I'm Topher Jason. Hello, Letty Lamora here, there, and everywhere you can listen. That was sort of your tagline when you used to do soft rock radio. Yes, when I was briefly a radio DJ. Yeah, Delilah was watching her ass, I remember, because you, oh, you she, were doing pretty good. Well, it's because every day I would say, Delilah, I'm coming for your gig. Yeah, and, and you'd say it to her face. Yeah, I was handed a cease and desist. That's yeah. Um, well, that's just one form of a request, and that's what she takes. You know what I mean? So I'm uh, I'm coming to you from the, the Great Road here in America. Yeah, it the... sounds rather strange. I, I can hear like a whirring train behind you. That's a that's a, right now. It's, that's just a car motor. That's what a car sounds like when you're um, not being driven by someone in the front seat. Oh buddy, wow! Which I'm, yeah, I know. Yeah, last we talked, I was in New Mexico. I'm trying to make my way to you over in London. Uh, mm-hmm. I, uh, I I'm been hitchhiking uh across the country and i got met a nice man named spider uh who i'm here with he's driving i got one of these heat seats that gives me wi-fi from wherever hold on hold on does spider play hack sack <laughs> i think spider spider do you play hack sack he's not he doesn't talk much i think i feel like i met a spider who plays hack sack he has a tattoo like a teardrop tattoo here oh oh yes i have met him no sleep get out of that car well, he's he says he's got some. He says he, what he told me is he's got a score to settle in Arkansas, and so he'll take me that far. You go, that? You're gonna go to Arkansas? Are you gonna go with him on the score? I don't know if I, if he needs help on the job. Spider, do you need help on the job? He just shook his head at me, and he's just he just keeps driving. But mm. so yeah, I'm at least gonna get to Arkansas, and once we get there, I'll figure out how to get across the old pond, as you would say. Oh, I don't know. I'm I've been out of town. Yeah, but you won't be by the time I get there. I don't actually. know. I mean, I, I I had to go up to Norfolk for a second. Oh yeah, well, was in Norfolk. Um, Am I pronouncing Norfolk. that right? Norfolk. No. Okay. <laughs> wow. Oh, get your nan away from the speakers, please. Oh my god. Yeah. Alright, can you hear that I'm eating naan? Oh, you're eating it's, Indian is that, naan. You, is, yeah, that's it's too close to the speakers you're saying. Oh my god, no, it's in uh, in in England. Sorry, I forgot I've been away from America for so long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um in England that's what someone would call um I guess a grandmother. Yes, okay. Yes. yes. As so, a reminder to the listener, you are from Champaign Urbana, Illinois. I, but I am now Oh, the English have really embraced me. If my accent sounds a little different this week, it is because I went to Norfolk. And also, while I was whilst I was there, I was um, visiting my sister, who has decided um, annoyingly to also move across the pond. <laughs> okay, wow. so she lived in Norfolk, and she took one of those Ancestry.com quizzes. Okay, whatever you spit, and it tells you an answer, and. 
it told her that we are one percent Cypriot. Cypriot. I don't wow. know if I'm, if I'm familiar with that ethnicity. Is I mean, when I heard that, I said, "This is who we are." Is that someone from Cyprus? It is somebody from Cyprus. Okay, I did. Okay, I didn't. The island that. nation between Greek and Turkey, and okay. we are we are neither Greece nor Turkish. No, no, no. But you are one percent Cyprus. What's the what's the adjective? Cypriot. Cypriot. Did you know that already, or is that something you learned through your? Never knew that. But when I when I learned that, I said, "Oh my God, everything makes sense now." Okay. Everything now it's a you know one percent is enough to make it my entire identity a new thing. That's great. You need that because I know I know your last thing that was your whole identity it sort of fell apart. It was what were you doing? You were sort of baking. Your, baking pop- popsicles. You were baking popsicles, which is not historically how they're made. It did not work out for me to make baked popsicles. Turns out nobody really wants like a loaf of banana bread on a stick. Which, it sounds okay. good to me. It sounds good to me, Letty. So right now, though, I'm trying to pitch a travel show where I try to get down to my Cypriotic roots. Okay. I really think that's a great, great idea. So you you will go to Cyprus and you'll sort of go around and, and, you know, look at the places where your ancestors... Yeah. And I'll say, I'm one of you to everyone I meet. But one percent? What does that even? Does that mean that you had like a? How far back does that go? Do you know? Do I know, great... right? <laughs> okay. And that's okay. kind of the issue. Like that's what the show can explore is one percent. It's one percent, but it could be your entire soul. It's true. You know, I've I've often felt. You know, I'm I'm only one percent a lot of things. You know, that I was told in school that I was only one percent literate, but that didn't stop me from you know, getting someone to read me scripts and becoming an actor for a short time in the late 90s. Can you read um, yet? I have more people who are willing to read for me. I did, I taught one of the wolves to sort of make sounds that I think are the words that are on the paper. But I'm never sure if, if really what he's talking, I never, sh- I'm, this is, you know this, I'm never sure if the wolves have their own agenda or not. Well, I was going to say, I'm a little concerned because I know that you have written letters to all of our guests to request their presence on the mm-hmm. show. And I guess I didn't know how um, advanced your reading and writing skills were. And I'm worried that perhaps the people that you've invited on the show do not even know why they're here. They are messy. They are messy, um, the letters that I send. And they, there's a lot of, I use a lot of stickers to sort of help convey my messages, you know? Like I say, like, it would be A, and then I put a sticker down that says, good job if you would come to do our podcast. Mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, I mean, we have a guest today, so that's something. We do have a guest today. Well, we jump into it. He he, he got my letter. You you know, you can, you can talk all that nonsense you want, but he got my letter. He's okay. here. Um, one of the biggest guest stars we ever had. Uh, he played Corvus Bitter in episode four, which we're going to be talking about today. House Always Wins. He is a, a, a musical legend, a film. He's become a film legend now. And I think, you know, we'll see maybe that, that he, he got the bug when he saw it all working on our show. Uh, but let's find out from him himself. Ladies and gentlemen, the legendary Rob Zombie is with us. How are you doing, Rob? Hey, uh, yeah, it's nice to be here. Uh, it's been a long time. Yeah, yeah. What's it? What's it been like? Uh, tw- 20, 30 years? About twenty-three years. Yeah, right in the middle. Yeah, wow. It's been wonderful. Wow. It's so nice to hear from you again, Robert Zombie. I'm mm-hmm. so thrilled to be in your presence. You're so wonderful to work with. You guys, yeah, you guys worked on one other thing. I remember after the show together, but I don't remember what it was. I'm 
was in a film which Robert, I don't remember you ever releasing it, if I'm correct. It was called La Casa de 5000 in disembodied heads. And I was I was unsure because I had to fly down to Argentina to film it with you and then i just never never heard from it again well yeah um that that was unfortunately my first uh attempted foray into filmmaking and uh as you know i was able to secure funding uh, a few years later for a similarly titled house of a thousand corpses <laughs> had, to, had to bring it down but they made you bring it down on kind of the budget well, I got whole corpses that time instead of just the heads. Which That's well, the trade. Yeah, he made us, I had to wear a turtleneck and I had to put the neck part all the way up over my head to make it look like I didn't have a head, but I had an extraordinary long neck. Yeah, and you were one of, there were five, there were 4,999 other. There were so many other people and it was like everyone was in this movie. It was a real who's who. I mean, everyone was there. Every single person was cast in this film. Everyone. Yeah. Well, you there? I can't, because there were so many people I can't keep straight who was there. I was there. I was on the set. I was on the set, but I was not in the film itself. Uh, that was when I was sort of experimenting with sort of working behind the camera and even further behind that in the makeup department. Uh, and yeah, they it took it was. I remember I was on that film that they learned that I do not know how to do that. Oh yeah, you couldn't you couldn't really apply the um, neck wounds, yeah, and things like that that we needed for the disembodied heads. I was not asked to do the other film, The House of a Thousand Corpses. Just kind of, I don't know if you want to expound on that oh sure yeah well i mean as it was my first foray into filmmaking there was a lot that i it turns out did not know about the art of film i just kind of thought that uh we could just set it up and then you know see what happens and as it turns out there's a lot more to it than just uh getting five thousand people with turtlenecks on in a room together in a casa if you will it was a casa yeah i've boy i'm a, i'm very embarrassed to admit this but um <clears throat> in retrospect i should i should have understood that you needed to have a camera and a whole crew uh for the on the movie. first one yeah yeah that was really i think that was probably the reason why it never got released i was oh that explains it but you know, that in a lot, you know, some people have have you know that that's just a play, and that's still art. You know, some people have done an hour of podcasting and forgotten to hit record, and that's still art that you created in that moment. You know, that's just talking. Yeah, but it's talking. It's it's you've the created art for, for you know the three of you or however many that that were there to hear it. That's you've you created important art in that moment. You know, that's yeah. True. I do like to think that every single word I utter into the universe is being heard by somebody. In a way that is experiencing art. Yeah. Oh man, the things that I that me and my friends say, it should just be a TV show. I it mean, just, it's just. I mean, if, if they if my life was a TV show, people. I would mean, rolling. Oh well, Robert, you also you put your wife in a lot of your films, which I think is amazing because I am famously married to a famous director, Cairo Alexander, and he has not put me in a movie. Mm-mm. Um, so it is really cool to me. Cool that you put your wife in all your films. You guys work together so well. Oh, uh, that's that's another kind of a thing where as a as an amateur filmmaker starting out, I, it, it was just kind of a happy accident. I I wasn't aware of uh, the kind of uh, 
unspoken rules like quiet on the set and things of that nature and she she would just wander in and people seemed to like it so we just kept it yeah people that's one thing people say about you is that they really like that your wife is in all those movies let's 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 go back a little bit it's it's 1996 we're shooting fanny falls uh we have this part that needs a hot young music star you you're you've just finished with white zombie your band uh you've had a couple of big hits what draws you to the show what draws you to come do our show fanny falls demon hunter uh well to be honest i was uh in a bit of financial trouble i i was at the height of my addiction as were many people back in 96 that was two what beanie babies yeah yeah yes yes it was a pandemic i lost a lot of good people i lost a lot of uh good money (laughs) pastel rabbits i mean white zombie we broke up because that last tour uh i had an entire bus just for my beanies and uh the rest of the fellas said that was it was eating into their uh cocaine budget you know yeah, sure. That That's makes so sense. sad. And I also know it's like right around the corner that that Diana one is getting ready to come out. Oh yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. That's oh. that's when I got out. I said, listen, I may be ghoulish, but this is too ghoulish. <laughs> you got out before the things got really crazy. It could have gotten true. a lot worse. It's true. Do did you first meet with uh, Colby, the creator of the show, and how how did that go? How did how did you who did you talk to that got you involved in the show? Oh, uh, that would be my manager. He came to me and he said, hey, you know how you like all this spooky bullshit and old timey Frankensteins? And well, there's a show called Fanny Falls Demon Hunter. And I said, I've never heard of that. And he said, I think it's right up your alley. And I said, don't tell me what's right up my alley. I like the mummy, the wolfman, Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. It's Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man was because I had a misunderstanding about the, the nature of the character. I, it's a confusing name. It's a very confusing name. To be fair, there was not a Spider-Man movie when I said that. So it was not it was not necessarily that I wasn't informed. It was that Hollywood had not had a chance to inform me about the nature of the Spider-Man. That's true. I know you were also you're a big um, fan of Abbott and Costello mm-hmm. uh, because of their associations with those with those gentlemen. True. They did. They met the mummy. And then Scooby-Doo. I think you've, you're a big Scooby-Doo collector as well. Yes. Well, that's uh, I always wanted to meet Phyllis Diller. Oh, yes. Phyllis Diller was a mad monster party. <laughs> Is that, I think she ended up she was she in the Dragula video I can't remember we tried together but um she was uh, already filming uh, another music video that day oh really you know, that was the I blind mean, melon no rain video that's right I mean, Costello they really they really go around they really met so many fascinating people they met the Frankenstein they 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 met the mummy the invisible man they went down to Africa in ways that are probably very culturally sensitive mm-hmm. we just did so many amazing things so it's so wonderful to hear that you were inspired by those two and I wonder what ugh, god I wish I could be like them and just you know inch my way into every other franchise that already exists I feel like we are like them in a way, you know, Letty. We're, we're, t- you know, we we met a lot of interesting people. We hung out with a mummy for a very long time. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. Can't forget the mummy. We'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll That's get all to coming. It. That's all coming. So then you you came on the set. Uh, w- was it what you were thinking it was? You know, when you were told that you know you liked you liked you know all this stuff. Well, you see the mummy right away. Your your first scene is with a mummy. Did you feel like your fam- your promise had been fulfilled? Well, I uh, the thing that I mostly remember about that particular 
incident was when I got there, as you know, I did not understand how movies worked. So I did not read the script ahead of time. You might recall the mummy. Oh, what was that fellow's name? Uh, that is Nathan. Nathan. Uh, yeah. yeah. They just ended up writing my lines on the on the toilet paper wrapped around him. Yeah, that's smart. Have, I think if you go back and watch that episode, you can you can kind of see my eyes kind of scanning left to right. That's what that was. I thought that he was obviously. I think everyone now knows me and the mummy had a backstage relationship and an off camera <laughs> fling. And I thought he was trying to write me poetry as like a fun wink. And I didn't know that those were your lines from this one episode. Yeah. They stayed on there for the rest of the show. I was trying to read them. You thought he wrote you a poem that started with look here, Rob Zombie. <laughs> Because he would always go, look here, I have something to say. And that's all I could say. And so I would, you know, I don't know if you can see me in some of the scenes when I'm not speaking. I'm trying to read. My eyes are going down, going, what is that? I'm squinting. I'm not sure that I knew, Letty, that you and you and Solomon, who played uh, uh, Nathan, had, had a thing. I thought everyone knew that. Really? You guys didn't know that. Well, here's a little teaser for you. We're gonna, I think we're gonna have Solomon on next week's episode, so maybe we can talk to him about it. Oh, I, I haven't seen him in so long. I, I, I don't know. Well, I wrote him a letter. I, I don't, I don't know if I can handle it. I'm fairly certain he got my letter, and uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that next week. Oh my god. Well, we're gonna. I think we're gonna jump into this episode soon because uh, there's a lot. To, there's a lot to take apart. There's a lot to unpack uh, with everything that you did for the episode, Rob. And I think uh, it'll be more helpful to just go through it as we talk about it. So why don't we take a quick ad break and then we can jump right into uh, this episode, "House Always Wins," on mm. Fanny Falls Demon Hunter, the podcast. Hey guys, if you're anything like me, you hate going to the post office. Uh, or Letty, I think you guys just caught the post. I was going to say the what? Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we needn't be so formal. <laughs> we need to be so formal when I'm trying to get a stamp. Yeah, you are, Yeah, it's hell for you to go to the post office because you get recognized. Well, I have to leave my chateau and then I have to go all the way down. I have to go into town, which is what I call London. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I get recognized mm-hmm. and I have to beat them off with a stick practically just so I can mail my letter. Yeah, that's what happens to me. Whenever I go to the post office, I get recognized because I tried because I tried to rob that post office once and they have a picture of me up. So I get recognized every time mm. I'm at the Maybe post you should, office. You've never tried to go to a different post office. Well, that's my post office. That's that's how oh. that works. And that's what I'm saying. It's all such a pain in the ass mm. to, to do all this stuff. And so that's why uh, our sponsor this week uh, is PG School, where you can learn to become your own postmaster general. Uh, your house will become a working U.S. post office and you will be designated and ordained uh, a U.S. postmaster general. Uh, yes, you have to be ordained through the church of letter carriers in order to become a postmaster general. But once you are such, you you can monetize stamps yourself. Mm-hmm. You can buy and sell them mm-hmm. however you see fit. Mm-hmm. Now, I, yeah, I don't know too much about this organization, the Church of Letter, Letter Carriers. This is something you set me up with. Um, you're mm-hmm. often, you often set me up with these uh, small 5013Cs. Yes, yes, because <laughs> they don't have to pay taxes like the rest of us. And also, they're, they're doing good for the world, you know? They're doing great things. The Church of the Letter Carriers, they just, you know, they're, they're trying to help up the, help the little man mm-hmm. when it comes to writing a letter to your nan and sending it out to the world. And yes, you have to pay dues 
shoes. And yes, they go to a creature that you've never seen before named Hahu. But it's... <laughs> All it's all there's such a joy when you give someone a letter. That's right. So if you if you start up your if you become a a postmaster general, you will get Hahul uh, Mm -hmm. in your house nine to five every day uh, to help you sort mail. Uh, Hahul to tell him about your problems, and he will he promises to to not use that as blackmail in the future. Yeah. I understand that uh, Biz Marquis will, will come to your house as his character as the beatboxing alien who works in a post office for Men in Black 2. Hilarious. Yeah. And um, Newman is there. Newman is there. You get, I think you get a phone, a, fa- a FaceTime with Newman. You get a five minute FaceTime phone call with Newman. This is like a free cameo. He, he promises to go... Jerry. Yeah, oh, that's so good when you do that's that. That's really good, yeah. So, uh, so sign up at pgschool.live, uh, is that right? .live.gov, but gov is G-U-D. Yeah, short for governor. Uh, governor. Hey, oh, I'm sorry, it's a British website. <laughs> it is, okay. So it's pgschool.live.govna. Yes. Okay. And your house will no longer be of your own control, but in fact, it will be a U.S. post office for, with other people free to come and go as they please. Your house won't be a house anymore. It'll be a post. Your toaster oven is, P- is a P.O. box now. Yeah. Your, you know, your bathroom is the break room. Your bathroom is the break room. The uh, your, your little mirror that you open to get your shaving kit out. Now that's where stamps are. Stamps live there now. Yeah. And you're going to have to put stamps on the, instead of deodorant in the morning. And that's all part of um, the promise of pgschool.com live.govna. So go there, use the promo code ZOMBIE in honor of our guest today, Rob Zombie, and you will get, what is this that you get here? You says you get- You get un- the, the FaceTime phone call. <laughs> you get the FaceTime phone call with Newman. That's only if you use our promo code. So so help out Wayne Knight. <laughs> go to PG, pgschool.live.govna. We're back here talking about episode four of Fanny Falls, House Always Wins with Rob Zombie. Mm. Uh, uh. Hello, Rob. Let's just jump right in. Where the, the I sort of pulled a longer than usual clip to start the episode off here, but there's it's packed with stuff. We got your first appearance, Rob. We got uh, Nathan the Mummy is back, and uh, well, that's actually pretty much all that happens in this scene. But it's filled with fun. I think you guys are gonna like it. We're gonna jump right in that now, and then we'll be back on the other side to talk about it. Who's this musician guy again? Fanny, keep your voice down. I have status in this Sam Goody, and I cannot have them knowing that I brought someone in who's never heard of Corvus Bitter, (laughs) okay? I loathe to agree with Ophelia about, well, anything, but Corvus Bitter is rad as hell. The way he mixes rock with techno is just hypnotizing. And techno, that's like music, but with computers. Good God, Fanny, you do realize there are songs that exist where grandma doesn't get run over by a reindeer? You like this guy too, Charles? Don't look at me. I'm just here to pick up some local indie rock CDs. Is this the Space Jam soundtrack you're holding? It's for my nephew. You're an only child, doofus. Yeah, I'm in the big nephew program. It's like the big brother program, but you only have to see them at weddings and Christmas. Is anyone buying this? Relax, Charles. No shame here. Yeah, it could be worse. You could be that guy over in the world music section dressed in a trench coat and head-to-toe bandages and oh my god, he's coming over here. Fanny, hello. Nathan. I mean, um, Nathan! Good to see you. Uh, this is everybody. Everybody, this is Nathan. He helped me find the professor. Hi there. You're all probably wondering why my whole body is wrapped up. No, no, no. No, no. no. 
Yes. Ophelia. It's fine. I can explain if you guys want. No. No, 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 no. no. Yes. Okay, here goes. I'll explain. I'll just start talking now and give you guys an explanation. An explanation for the bandages that cover my entire body. Um, I was in a very bad car accident. A truck ran me over. A, a truck of acid. Such a wild thing to describe as a car accident. I thought you told me you cut yourself shaving. I did. I did, yes. Okay, fine. I'll level with you guys. It's a nicotine patch. I have a smoking problem. Don't those usually just go on your shoulder? I have a really bad smoking problem. Yeah, me too. I can't smoke the things fast enough. <laughs> Adoy! No, I'm joking. But seriously, if you're old enough to buy cigarettes, I'm sure we could work something out. So, so Nathan, uh, what CDs are you getting today? Oh, just some local indie rock albums. Lutes, lyres, etc. Systems to worship the gods to. Now that's what I call Ancient Egyptian Music Volume 12. Yes. Well, it could be worse. I could be the weirdo over there in the skin-tight vinyl and purple hair and... Oh my god, he's coming over here. Hey, do you guys know where they keep the local indie rock? Sure, but if you're looking for the Space Jam soundtrack, you should just be honest with yourself. Charles, shut up. You're Corvus Bitter. Sure. But the whole mall doesn't need to know that. I'm trying to stay incognito today. Yes, I always go out in a skin-tight bodysuit and purple hair when I'm trying to keep a low profile. Hey man, what happened to your body? I got TP'd by some middle schoolers. I have to go. See you around, Fanny. What are you doing in town, Cor? Can I call you Cor, or...? Corvus, Mr. Bitter, Senor Bit. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to call you. <laughs> you guys can keep a secret. I'm playing an underground show at the Hot House tonight, and I'm looking for a local opening act. Jasmine! This is my friend Jasmine! She is my friend, and she can open for you! She does music! Jasmine, huh? What's your sound like? Kind of a bluesy electronica, like if the Chemical Brothers were both Tracy Chapman. Disgusting. I love it. You're on a day. I'll put all you guys on the guest list. No cops. Oh my god, my best friend is opening for Corvus Bitter. We're barely acquaintances. Ah, my very best friend in the whole world is opening for Corvus Bitter. Can you believe it? Something's not right about that guy. You mean the fact that he's not currently seeing God in the backseat of my dad's Beamer? Nope. No, 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 Fanny. I know that look. I swear to gall, if your sacred birthright to protect the entire Chicagoland area from demons gets in the way of my one chance to get with Corvus Bitter, demon hunter or not, I will take you down. Tonight, you're just going to be a normal girl dancing in the audience of a rock show. Can you dig it? Well then, let's dance. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So much. Oh my God, what a scene. Were Um, we ever so young? Reliving it, I'm just like, oh my God, to be in a Sim Goody. (laughs) It was in the Lincolnwood Mall. It was, yeah, the town center. 
Yeah, because uh, we had, we were driven there. We had a bus that collected us in the morning, but they didn't have room in the car. So I think they made you take the number 11 bus up there. Yeah, which it doesn't is, go all the way. It's not. No, the, the the eighty-two would have been better, I think, because that <laughs> goes that goes right there. <laughs> but no, they made me take the number eleven, and then I sort of had to walk, walk over. Yeah. yeah. But I, you or you know, there. I could have hitchhiked if I would have known how comfortable I'd be with hitchhiking, right, Spider? Spider. Anyway. So uh, so yeah. So then we all got there. Uh, R- Rob, I remember you. So there's you know your, your let's talk about your your wardrobe, your hair. There's a lot of talk about it. Obviously, the part was written for Marilyn Manson. Let's just talk about it. Yeah, uh, that was a bit of a shock arriving on set. I don't know. I don't know how familiar you are with my earlier work, but it was more of like a like a kind of like a guy who died on his wedding day and they just immediately buried him in his old timey clothes. And then he crawled up out of the grave with long fingernails and hair. That's and, Rob Zombie's uh, thing. That's my thing. Yeah. Oh. That and uh, wanting to, wanting to relive my childhood experiences with Abbott and Costello by partying with the Wolfman and Dracula. That's rad. Well, thank you. Yeah. So you're not exactly Marilyn Manson. There's a lot of talk about rail. All your the music. The people who like your music are called ravers. Uh, but you're not. You're not really a techno music guy. You're just sort of electronic rock, right? How would you describe it? I believe uh, the word for it is hellbilly music. Oh, okay. I like oh, that. That's so fun. Yeah, I, I know. I don't know why we they didn't change the script at all when they could not get Marilyn that day. They they left it in. I, if I understand correctly, they wrote it for Marilyn Manson and then didn't even ask him. Yeah. Do you remember think, what happened? Well, yeah, I I remember that it, they didn't ask him and that we was, went straight to Rob Zombie. But Rob, maybe you have more information on that. Well, I mean, back in the '90s, I remember this was a pretty common thing. People would want. Marilyn Manson to do something, but then mm-hmm. they would be too scared to ask him. Mm-hmm. Right, so they right. would go around Saturday Night Live. They tried to get him. They ended up going with Chris Gaines instead. Oh, I love him. I remember that episode. Uh, yeah. Oh my god, I love him. The Man, Garth, Garth, but Garth Brooks, Marilyn Manson would have been a wild episode, though. Who's Garth Brooks? Uh, he was the host of that episode that Chris Gaines was on. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about him. He's so forgettable. Uh-huh. I think he does Hellbilly music too. Mm. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, so I remember um, Billy Corgan was getting a lot of things because people were too scared to ask Marilyn, which I don't even think is a one-to-one thing. But yeah, so it, is, it must have been, you were, you were sort of getting the runoff, as it were. Yeah, I think that they asked Billy, but he explained that he didn't have hair anymore, and so they had to go yeah, and fly me out. Ways. Billy was right there. Yeah. He lives out by that mall. Yeah, yeah, the, he uh, he opened a tea shop right down the street just mm-hmm. out of spite. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was yeah. pissed off he didn't they didn't have a wig department on the show. I also heard you were the second choice to inspire Columbine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> what a get! Yeah, I'm sorry. Get. I just laugh whenever anybody <laughs> says Columbine. Oh, that's understandable. Oh. I tweeted that and I became unverified. Yeah, oh, that was one of the times you became that unverified. That was one of the times I became unverified and I had to beg for it back. Mm. I had to say I'm sorry. So you all you're also unverified on Twitter? Are you oh, unverified no. too? I've had my own troubles. I actually contacted them and they said, Yeah, we're gonna get it all squared away. And then I waited a couple of days, didn't hear anything back. And the next time I reached out to them, they said, Yeah, you, you should have the the blue check now. And I said, I don't. And they said, hang on, let me see. And they said, yeah, we're showing it. And I said, I'm not seeing it. And they said, oh, I'm sorry. We gave it to the Crypt Keeper instead on accident. 
Oh, I follow him. Yes, he he's very funny. He's very he's got, funny. He, he creates some good content. I, some I have to. If he tweets that one, he does. Now I know you're on Facebook because I got a I got a friend request from you the other day that was is the first name is Sherry and Rob, uh, <laughs> and it's one of those shared accounts that you guys have. Right, right. Couple yeah. goals, you know. Couple goals for Couple sure. Goals. I asked Cairo. I said, "Should we do a, one of those cute little joint accounts?" My husband Cairo and. He was like, no, that's so bad for my business. It's so bad for my business to be associated with you and your silly shows. That's right. He says that a lot. Like whenever I see you guys at parties, he's saying that. He says it out loud. Yeah, a lot, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, do we want to? I didn't have time to pull it, but do we want to talk about the Miss Thickness uh, subplot in this episode? I, didn't, I none of the clips I have have it have it in there. So uh, uh, Miss Thickness has a subplot in this episode uh, that uh, I, th- I think is about bowling mostly. I don't. I don't remember it exactly, but was it something like she inherited an old timey bowling alley? And she, yeah, and there was no demonology to it whatsoever. She, she just, just had to own a bowling alley. She had to try and figure out how to own a bowling alley and at the same time, like, lead her lead her bowling team to the, to the you know, Chicago City Championships. Because you had a whole fun bit in a scene where you had to go and set up the pins and you couldn't do it fast enough, you know? Yeah, and there was one, there was a scene where she goes to throw her bowling ball, but I'm still holding it, so I get tossed all the way down the lane because she's very strong, this thing. Yeah, 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 that kind they cut all of that out so yeah the sort of the opening scene is like she gets you know she gets a letter that her relative has died she goes in the bowling alley she's like i don't know about this and then she walks up to the soda fountain she tries to get a coke but it just sprays all over because she doesn't realize you got to set those things up and she just sort of puts her hands on her hips and goes i guess i'm in for a long day yeah that was a really fun divergence i i heard a rumor on set um from the mummy. <laughs> he told me they were they were trying to give her a spin-off, but unfortunately that didn't land with that episode. You know, I'm still hoping actually that with the popularity of this podcast that we can get that thickness spin-off off the ground. Yeah, I think they wanted to call it bowling for thickness. <laughs> Yeah, um, sort of an homage to I don't want to say what it is because then I'm afraid Rob will start laughing again. Yeah. Well, let's let's jump into scene two here then. Oh, this is, oh, you know what? I just went ahead and pulled, this is exciting. I just pulled uh, the whole song that you sing, uh, Rob, where, where Corvus is playing at the hot house. He's on stage. Uh, Fanny's not there and Nathan, the, the mummy, are not there, but everyone else is there. And this is the scene where you sort of put everyone under your thrall and we sort of find out what you're really about. Mm-hmm. So let's play it and then we'll talk about it afterwards everyone already knows it here is uh the hit song do my bidding from fanny falls episode four my parents don't understand me nobody thinks i'm cool my neighbors all ignore me and so do the kids at school but they're all gonna pay when they do my bidding 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 so do my bidding 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 all do my bidding 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 just do my bidding 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 hey you get me a corn dog hey you give yourself a haircut hey you dance real sexy 
Hey Charles, come wipe my butt. Yes, you're all gonna pay as you do my bidding, bidding, bidding. Just do my bidding, bidding, bidding. Yes, do my bidding, bidding, bidding. We'll do my bidding, bidding, bidding. <laughs> Sort of while while all this is going on, we see you're sort of you're hypnotizing everyone into doing your will, uh, your bidding, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's oh, talk about. It. I mean, stuck in my head now. I oh mean, Rob, that God. that's your that song. That's the only song that you've ever had go to number one on Billboard as a solo artist. I know, and and uh, here's the funny thing: wasn't written for the show. Oh yeah, Wait. that was actually I. That was a song that I had thrown out off of my debut solo album hellbilly deluxe 13 tales of cadaverous cavorting inside the spook show international mm-hmm. no i have a question though were all of the lyrics unchanged because you specifically say charles wipe my butt oh uh, yeah yeah the song actually was originally about my beanie baby addiction and i would spend i would spend all day and all night mm-hmm. on ebay and I, I i finally had to get charles to come in there oh do my bidding and do my bidding for me but then oh, I just got I, I just got hooked on having Charles around. So then he was dancing real sexy and wiping my butt. <laughs> uh-huh. That was a weird scene for me to film. We became very close that day. I remember it was We're... kind of a shining moment. You had a real you had a real day on set, and just dancing around, and we all had to watch. Was, yeah, then I, I did did wipe his butt several times. <laughs> yeah, and Kobe kept she kept throwing things at you. It's kind of like the cartoons when they go dance and they they shoot a gun and you have to dance. And she did that to you too. yeah she she was she actually was shooting a gun at my feet while i was yeah. at what you can't tell because it's the scene the scene is shot well in such a way that you can't see that i'm dodging bullets at my feet god she's uh, such a genius she she gets results yeah. she gets results wow i mean first of all i do want to hear i do want to play this um this is from 2009 uh this is uh from the girl talk album the zoo is all the animals are free at the zoo, but I don't care because I'm a I'm the crazy zookeeper. Oh yeah, I remember that album. Here's just a, this is one of the hot songs of it. Just a little excerpt. huge hit for girl talk oh my god yes i mean i so many people lost their virginity to that song the the it still is today like literally just the other letty do you know about tiktok well who's that is that the clock from beauty and the beast <laughs> it <laughs> might be it might be do you know about it rob 
I believe I believe he's the he's the uh, weird mechanical man from the <laughs> sequel to The Wizard of Oz. That's closer, but oh, but uh, what it actually is is like a little YouTube for teens. And and I was on there the other day, sort of looking for you know to see what the teens are into these days. I don't and know if you should look into what the teens are into. It's not as bad as it seems. I just want to talk to teens. But this was on there. This is the the uh, the Boys Club Choir of Notre Dame. Listen to this. Uh, My family don't understand uh, me. Nobody. Nobody thinks I'm cool. My neighbors all ignore me. And so do the kids at school. But they're all gonna pay. What do you do, ma? Betting, 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 do ma. Betting, 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 do ma. Betting, 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 do ma. Betting, betting, betting. So this thing still pervades today as popular. The kids are actually watching the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. The kids, the kids are loving it. And they do that. They do that on the TikTok. They do. Yeah, they're 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 loving that. So it's impossible to to over overstate the the penetration of of the song "Do My Bidding" and how big it was for you, Rob. Right? It really did penetrate. Yeah, yeah. It really it makes me feel good to see that 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 song is still living on in in our current society. Do you think you got opportunities because of? do my bidding um no i don't think i i did not see one red cent from do my bidding <laughs> really yeah how is that possible it's your song uh i was pressured into signing over the rights to suge knight oh right 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 i'm so sorry well you know he was moving beanie babies back in the day and uh yeah i remember there was a famous story of him holding one of the beanie babies over a balcony to try and get more money for it right that did happen yeah. it was it was the store yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was a stork. <laughs> yeah, that was really sad. But I do want to know why I have you here, Rob, too, before we jump into the, the final scene of the episode. Was this at all like what you when you're being you're on the set and you're around the cameras and everything? Are you sort of thinking, wait a minute, maybe I can make movies like is it did that start here? Yes. Yeah, I would say that that was probably the first time when I was in that rubber suit with the dreadlock wig. They had me dancing around to that techno music and gyrating and all that. I said, wait a minute, maybe I could do this. And then about halfway through shooting that day, I was literally stewing in my own juices under the hot lights. And I mm -hmm. said, maybe I could do that guy's job. And I saw the guy behind the camera. And then that I was, remember. Yeah, that was Ron. Yeah, that was Ron. He's our DP. Mm -hmm. But you you sort of immediately sort of, you know, were like trying to get into the producer mode. I remember you kept saying, what if my wife played Fanny? Uh, yeah, you did say that a couple times uh, in front of Fanny, I believe. In front, yeah, in front. But and we kept trying to explain to you, like, no, this is the fourth episode. The show's been going. Like, this is our cast. Yeah. This isn't like an anthology thing. Yeah, like she's already been, uh, you know, in it. Yeah, yeah. And at the time, I I don't even think I was married. I I might have just been imagining, you know, like like all rock stars. Mm. Sometimes when the lights go down, we just think about what it would be like to have a wife. You know, have some poontang that's yours that, mm -hmm. legally. That's right. No more having to shoplift the poon. And yes. I thought, what if, what yeah. if I had a wife here? And and what if she was the one doing this, and I was the one over there telling her what to do? She's the that's one stewing in her juices. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah. amazing. That's such an enviable relationship, isn't it? To have you know the director barking orders at a young ingenue in front of the camera. Everyone wants that. Right. I do. It is. It's such an enviable relationship to be um, working. To always yes, to have a working relationship is amazing. Yeah, it's just to have someone who will cast you in things, I think, would be amazing. I don't have to tell yeah. you that, Letty. I know it's a I know it's a problem in your marriage as well. 
Oh, it's not a problem. I, you know, I can, I have plenty of things that I do, but I am available and open and flexible for other work, especially considering that my husband is trying to break into the Fast and the Furious franchise. And mm-hmm. I feel that I could be very good at driving a car incredibly fast and furiously. Yeah, he wants to do a spinoff that's just about, that's just the cars, right? Yeah, he wants to focus on the cars and their backstory. And sort of have them talk. Yeah, kind of a Holy Motors situation meets Cars, the Pixar film. I don't know that second one that you said, but I love Holy Motors. Yeah, yeah, he wants the cars to talk talk to each other to, um, you know, that whenever they talk, their headlights would flash. He has it, he has it storyboarded out. It's taking over my entire dining room okay <laughs> and every time he doesn't cast you in something you just loudly talk about how funny it is to you that he's not but it is so funny isn't it uh, yeah. it's like a wonderful beautiful hope BAFTA hopeful is sitting right there in front of him I actually pitched my own idea for a, a reboot of the Fast and the Furious called uh, Planet of a Million Billion Spooky Cars and we were gonna Wait. have like the the monster mobile oh the dragula you sang a song about that thing once. yeah well yeah that that that, uh, that like spooky model t drag car that's so good a couple of the different batmobiles the spookier ones so yeah they go definitely not the adam west that episode of the flintstones where their neighbors are scary grave digger yeah that's so good <laughs> oh, the I monster mean, truck yeah you should you should really do that for real and i, I mean i would I, w- I would i would be an excuse for me to visit america if you did want to cast me you know make it right for the la casa five thousand headless disembodied heads mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now have you do you have any experience playing a car of course i could play a car beep beep boop boop get out of the way Shia LaBeouf also told me that he had experience playing a car. It turns out he did not play any of the cars in that movie. No. He was just a boy who yelled at the cars. He's the former. I think mm. they, they're they the trans and he's the former. Shia's trans. Yeah, I think that's why he's such a trans rights advocate. <laughs> Amazing. Wow, what a person he is. He, he really is a great person, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> that's quoted from, you said that. Click you know, that. just to let you know that I'm totally, you know, I'm totally open, I'm totally available. I, lo- I love cars. And I would do any, I, if there's parts, that's great. But I would also work in craft services or just to mop up all the oil at the end well, of the there day. Is, there is an opening for wiping my butt if you want to come back. <laughs> okay. Oh, now that okay. you're bringing me back. Now you're bringing me back. All right. Why don't we jump into to the, the final scene from this episode? And uh, and when we come back after a couple minutes, we'll, we'll discuss it. Here we go. All right. Out of my, I can't get through, Fanny. These ravers are blocking the way. Nathan, look. They're all synchronized. I think we have to match their movement algorithm to work our way through the crowd and get to Corvus. You mean... Dance with me. Fight the rhythm, fight the power, fight the seconds, fight the hours, fight the engine, fight the stream, fight the music, fight the beat, fight the rhythm, fight the power, fight the seconds, fight the hours, fight the engine, fight the stream, fight the music, fight the beat. The way he mixes rap with techno is just hypnotizing, hypnotizing, hypnotizing. Fanny the drum machine! It's your lucky day, Corvus. This club provides bottle service. Oh. Why'd you do it, Corvus? You're no Eddie Rabbit, but your music's good. You didn't need to hypnotize everyone. I'm not a hard rocker. I'm just a high school kid. Everyone ignored me, bullied me, and then a mage in my AP Chem class taught me how to do simple biorhythmic hypnotism, and I used it to make people think I was rich, famous, cool. I just wanted them to 
see me. Well, they'll all see you now, provided their cable subscription package includes Court TV. You know, Corvus, I liked you because I thought you didn't care what people think. But now I see that you're the most repulsive thing in the world to me. A phony? I was going to say poor, but yeah, that's a good point too. We may be a group of freaks, but we're a group of freaks who knows who we are, and we aren't afraid to be ourselves. A hick demon hunter. A rock and roll witch. A cool, pretty, rich, likable, pretty girl who's gorgeous. A guy. And a mummy. Yeah. So if you think you're just gonna... Wait. Nathan, did you say mummy? Oh, what? Hmm? Uh... Wow, okay. So the final, the reveal, the group finally knows Nathan's a mummy. Rob, let's talk about your acting for a second in that scene. What is that voice that, that you did? Oh, that was actually, they they had to bring somebody in to do a voice. <laughs> hey, yeah. do, do we know who that was? I believe it was Toby Maguire. Wow. Wow, what a talent. Your future enemy one day when he would become Spider-Man. To be clear, I don't dislike Spider-Man. I just, I have some notes. You're about. disappointed. Yeah. You're not angry at Spider-Man. You're just disappointed. And Did I, you as think I've that learned, the man would be a spider? I thought that he, they said, listen, I as a musician, I had heard the song <laughs> that said that he could do whatever a spider could. So you thought he was like a man's head on a little spider body. I thought he would be, yeah, mummifying and then drinking the juices from people. Wow. Damn. Yeah. And then, so we have the mummy reveal. Uh, you know, we have it was the... really exciting. I, I totally forgot that. Toby, when he was there, he brought the entire pussy posse with him. That's right. Didn't That's he? right. Yeah, it was yeah. Leo, um, Jack Osborne. Leo, Jack, Toby, Juliet Lewis. You know, everyone was there. Uh huh. Who else was in that pussy posse? Um, oh, I, yes. I, I want to say uh, Bradford Marsalis. Oh, my God. The gosh. jazz musician and, and his brother, Winton. Winton there that day at set and doc severin from the tonight show band i think was in the pussy posse too yeah yes yes yes. it was all of those beautiful beautiful men (laughs) a wild a wild that was a wild after party i'll say that a wild day well this is this is pretty much about the the size of it uh rob what is what for you if before we uh stop talking about this episode what for you would you say is like the lasting legacy for you of this episode on your career well definitely the song of course Mm -hmm. i mean that's number one when people talk about rob zombie they say do my bidding and most of the time they're referring to the song yeah that's a rough phrase there's not a lot of consent involved in that phrase not really yeah but hey that's what the episode's about you know Mm-hmm. It's about losing control, you know, and, and then taking down the person who, uh, you know, who took it from you. And that's a very powerful message, I think, that we sent to teens uh, on Fanny Falls Demon Hunter 1997 to 1997. It's very um, powerful for them, for the post-grunge teens. All right. Well, let's let's just do our quick question of the week before we get out of here. This month's question, or this uh, week's rather, question of the week is from, uh, let's see, at Friendly Neighborhood dave but anyways he just wants to know is there someone is there a crew member on the set who you think doesn't get enough credit for what they did and rob you can answer this too but letty if you think of something i guess i'll start and just say we talked about it a lot but our our craft services guy was so good really did a lot he had a lot everyone had different sort of dietary needs and restrictions and uh and he, i was allergic to tinfoil yeah and he had to keep that in mind when yeah. he did stuff up he could not because even if it had just cooked in tinfoil you still could taste it I broke, broke out in hives yeah yeah i had a I had a thing where i didn't like bowls mm. 
I didn't like food to be presented in bowls. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like to eat out of them. So if it was like a soup or something in craft services, they would have to bring me a plate of soup or a cup even. I'm I'm not a, not a fancy guy. I'll drink. You did have soup out of a red solo cup. I remember that. A lot, a lot. And people always thought that I was just sort of drinking cough syrup or whatever, but it was just, it was just like usually a potato soup. So good. A chunky potato soup in a red solo cup. (laughs) Yum. (laughs) Just brings me back (laughs) to the Chicago winters. I got to give it up to our DP, Ron, because he really did. He really did do a lot. He really was back there every day, just setting up those shots and stuff. And then he would always try to touch my bum. And, you know, it was just, uh, it, you know, it was great. You know, cause I said, oh, stop him at work. And he would go, ah, you like it. And you know, I don't know if Ron ever got fired, but I last I heard he's in prison. So I do want to give him uh, his praise that he was due that he, before he went to prison, he had a career as a DP on our show. Mm-hmm. And I know that Colby would also often be whispering ideas to him and, yeah. and not, and not, not DP ideas, but sort of ideas no. about how to harass you. It was ways to harass the female cast members because she really just, she, she liked to, to, to keep us on our toes is what she said when we thoughtfully complained to her. And he, um, you know, so he, and he did her bidding, I guess, you know, he said, yeah. he, ironic. Ironic. he really did. He really did do all the, you know, try to touch us, try to give us a little, he was give us little pats on the back, you know. Yeah. Like so that. Colby, yeah, Colby would have Ron do that. She often she came for me directly, uh, as the yeah. as, you know the main male cast member. But that was really fun on set. It was. We had a good time. Uh, <laughs> Rob, did you have anyone that that jumps out to you? I gotta give it up to Tigress O'Hara, musical uh, director on the show. You know, you guys must have worked together a lot for this. Well, this is a little peek behind the scenes when I was asked to do this and they and they told me the the plot. I said I was just going to stand on stage and uh, just do like a single tone for 10 minutes. And that was how I was going to hypnotize. And Tigress said, don't you do you think you have a song that maybe we could use instead? You know, this could be a chance to get a song out there. And I was like, that's not how you hypnotize people. I named my band after a zombie movie. That's so cool. It's all about you got to do a high tone and then like a low tone at the same time, like a Mongolian throat singer. God bless Tigress O'Hara. Said, yeah. just do a song. You guys work together on, um, uh, I think that fight, fight the rhythm song that plays in in Act Three as well. But it's and it's a it's a it's a banger, but it did not have the success of of do my bidding. Success, yeah. Well, Rob Zombie, it's been an honor having you here. We thank you for your time on Fanny Falls. The fans, thank you, of course. Now, I don't want to brag, but you should get an extra uh, Twitter follower and a half from doing the show. Uh, and uh, we we hope. Is there anything that you want to plug? Any any new movies you have coming up? Halloween Three. I'm currently well, you know, with the COVID nineteen pandemic, there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of movies getting made, uh, but that's just fine. Because Oh, that's why. Is that why? That's what is they've that- told me is because uh, I keep showing up. I go out to that big so gate in front of the Warner Brothers and I and I stand out there. I say, hello, it's me, Rob Zombie. Can, um, I, can I come in and make a movie? I got some ideas. I got one. I got one about cars. Yeah, you mm-hmm. should really do that one. That mm-hmm. sounds really good. And and I, I think that we did just consult with you on it. So it mm-hmm. feels like we can get a consultant. Story, or may, yeah, yeah. Sto- maybe even story by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, that and with, with an ampersand, not an it, and. Not yeah, we're yeah, we can be on as an ampersand. That's fine. Uh, but I do. I am now. Uh, I've started my own winery. I oh wow! Some, I bought some vineyards. Wow. 
And uh, yeah, we're our our first bottling should be out this fall. Look for the the sultry Frankenstein winery. Sultry Frankenstein. And what's your first what's your first batch called? It's called Sacrificial Lamb's Blood. Love it. Oh, dude, and that's that a Merlot. It's a uh, it's just a red blend, but it's mostly just we get the runoff from other uh, vineyards and. <laughs> Just got to shake it wow, up. Wow, that's amazing. Some people some... live a very nice life off runoff, you know? Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, I mean, if, if you want to just send us a case, I would be happy to promote it on my social media. All right, all right. That sounds good. I also, uh, my wife and I, we we started a chinchilla farm. Oh, oh. that's great. I could uh, Maybe I can talk to her about sending you one of these chinchillas. I don't need got- that. I would love that, actually. If you could send me a case of the chinchillas, I think my wolves would would actually greatly enjoy that. All right. Well, uh, if you want if you want a chinchilla, you can go to the website for uh, Rob Zombie's Chinchilla Farm, Satan's Little Maniacs. Oh, that's adorable. Letty, you got anything coming up? I would love to tell you that the answer is yes. And I guess I'll say we'll have to see, won't we? We will have to it's see. award season. And I'm feeling pretty optimistic. No, all the nominations have have come out. Okay, <laughs> and typically, yeah, and typically the way the award season work is that you, you worked on something the previous year. But I, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if. Well, time will tell. I guess I'll see what um, my people of Cyprus if they have an award coming out. If they have any kind of award shows, I'm gonna I'm gonna see about that. That'd be nice. That'd be good yeah. for you. What That'd be I good do? for you. Uh, I'm headed into Hot Springs, Arkansas with my buddy Spider here. And I'm going to try, you know, I'm going to keep trying to head east towards you. But who knows? Maybe I'll be able to find a local improv group, hop on stage with them. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So maybe that'd be fun. I'm, so if you know anyone that does improv in Hot Springs, Arkansas, uh, hit I, me up. Especially during the pandemic. I'm sure there's <laughs> a lot of improvisers right now doing it. Yeah. I don't do Zoom shows. I want right, to be clear about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I only do in-person shows. Yeah. If you're mm-hmm. doing Zoom shows, you're a fucking loser and a hack. <laughs> Anyways. Well, that's all the time we have here for today. Absolutely. Uh, thank you, Rob. Uh, thank you, Letty. It's always a pleasure to see you. We'll be back next week. Let's see. What episode are we talking about next week? Oh, this is a big one. Uh, this is Best Self, and we'll be having... I'm muted for a second. We, next week, we'll be talking about Best Self. Uh, episode five is a big one. We'll have Solomon Buckton, who played Nathan the Mummy on the show. Oh, my uh, God. So please, but we'll join us uh, right here for that next week. And until then, keep it fanny and keep it, keep it fallsy. Hey guys, it's Andy Fleming. I host the show as Topher, but really I'm a real guy. The cast for this episode was Mandy McKelvey as Thora Ann Green as Fanny Falls, Morris Timms as Solomon Buckton as Nathan, Jessica Mance as Nutella as Jasmine Feinberg, my incredible co-host Stephanie Weber as Letty Lamora as Ophelia Orkin, our guest, the hilarious Nathan P. Woodard as Rob Zombie as Corvus Bitter, and little old me, Andy Fleming, as Topher Jason as Charles Blocker. If you're enjoying the show, I can't implore you enough to check out our Patreon for the Dumb Fun family of podcasts at patreon.com slash dumbfun, where you can support for as little as $2 a month. You can also rate us, write a review, subscribe, tell a friend. All this stuff means the world to me. Also, check out the other Dumb Fun shows, 30 Characters and Musical the Movie the Podcast, a show I host with a different stuff, where we talk about a musical movie with a theater person and a comedy person, and I write a new original song for it. In fact, as a little treat for listening to all this jibber-jabber that I'm doing right now, I'm going to tag this episode with the song I wrote for our Sound of Music episode, Sabotage in the Name of the Lord. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. Keep it fanny and keep it ballsy.
Love is patient, love is kind, love is taking garden shears to a break line. Lead us not to temptation, but when nuns do it, then it's not a sin. We're moving right under cover of night, because the Lord's light guides us on. Our hearts grow huge through subterfuge on these fascist Nazi scum. Sabotage the name of the Lord. Sabotage because we were bored. I spill sugar in your gas tank, what a klutz. Whoops, I spill tax where you sit your butt. In Christ's name we sabotage in the name of the Lord. It's a tough way for to choose. But it's a mortal sin to fuck with Jesus' crew. Sabotage the name of the Lord. Sabotage because we were bored. So Maria left the nuns to be a slut. This broad may be kooky, but she's one of us. And that's why we sabotage in the name of the Lord. Fun dumb.